Hello and welcome to the Mindset Coach Podcast, the show where coaches and coaches-to-be tune in to learn how to integrate mindset coaching tools and neuroscience-based techniques into their practice and grow and scale a coaching business they love. Each week, I'll be sharing easy-to-implement tips, case studies, and business strategies that you can use right away to transform your own mindset and the mindset of those you coach. I'm your host, Lara Young, founder of the Mindset Coach Academy, author of 52 Adventures to Change Your Life, award-winning business owner, coach, and coach trainer. Tune into this podcast each Friday, free on all the podcasting apps, and click to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And remember, mindset is everything. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Mindset Coach Podcast. I'm really glad to be with you today. I've had a couple of weeks, but I have been off unwell with COVID. It's the first time I've had COVID and it did actually hit me and one of my daughters uh, quite badly in terms of what we're able to do and not able to do. And while I was Um, in bed and, you know, recuperating, it made me realize just how important our health is as coaches. And of course, for me, and for those of you out there who are mums and parents and, you know, all the roles we have to play in our lives, our health is really important. And, you know, as coaches, being able to help ourselves to be in good health, to manage our well-being, is really, really important. Because, you know, the thing is that when we forget about it, right, it's often, look, health is one of those things where often until we actually are unwell, we don't realise how important it is and we don't realise how important it is for us to really maintain our health so that we can be showing up every day consistently with our clients. And, you know, we do do take a lot of energy, don't we, with coaching? It is an energetic practice um, because we're holding space, we're listening really effectively, um, and we are actually creating an environment where we hold our clients' experience and, you know, we have to be there really fully present and fully showing up for them and with them. And so when we think about it, Self-care for us as coaches is essential so that we're maintaining that ability to be showing up uh, and also so that we are maintaining our ability to continue with all the other activities that we want to be doing in our lives aside from the work that we do or in addition to the work that we do. So in today's episode, I'm going to talk and share with you some self-care practices and really ask you to think about what are your self-care practices like, you know, Are you someone who's very consistent with self-care or are you someone who only practices self-care sporadically or when a crisis happens, when you're ill or when you're stressed or, you know, when you really just suddenly recognise that you need time out? So first of all, let's talk about, well, what does self-care mean? And, you know, self-care really refers to those things that we do on a regular basis to help us reduce stress and maintain and enhance our health and well-being. And it's really important that we do have a healthcare practice or a self-care practice, or both of them, right? Healthcare and self-care, because we really can't pour from an empty cup. And, you know, when we have so many things that we're wanting to do and clients to, you know, serve, we really want to be able to have a full cup don't we, of energy and emotion and 
attention and all of those things. So let's think about all the different areas um, for healthcare. And I'm going to dive into some of these in more detail. So one of the things I think with self-care that a lot of us can struggle with is setting boundaries. And, you know, sometimes as coaches, we feel compelled to always be available uh, to be there when our client messages us on Voxer or WhatsApp or, you know, to be available to take those discovery calls at very early hours in the morning, late into the evening, depending where, where you are in your coaching practice. And so, you know, boundaries for coaches, and we're going to explore this a bit more detail, but, you know, that can be as simple as setting specific hours where you are on in your business and sticking to them. So making sure that you do have clearly defined working hours and that you make that known either on your website, in your social media, uh, in your emails. And that really helps to train your clients and train people who are wanting to be in contact with you that you work those hours. Now, you know, obviously, depending on where you are in your developing your coaching practice, you may have times where you, yes, you do want to work weekends, you really enjoy what you do, or you do want to work evenings, or maybe it's your lifestyle that means that you've got young children. And so working when they're in bed for a few hours in the evening really makes sense for you in developing your practice. What I want to say, though, is that, you know, in all of that, as long as you know and that you stick to those hours that are, you've designated for work, then that's the key, right? Having those hours that you've set up for yourself to know, well, actually, when I look at my weekly timetable, when I look at my daily timetable, here are the times when I'm available to coach. Here are the times when I'm working on my admin. Here are the times when I'm working on marketing. As I say, I'll talk to you a little bit more about boundaries shortly, but very first thing to write down in your journal or on your list is, do you have set working hours? Are there days and times that you know that that is where you're dedicated to work and other times where you're dedicated to family, to hobbies, to leisure, etc. The next thing that we can do, of course, is to focus on our physical health. And again, depending on what our boundaries are like in terms of the hours that we work, this is something that can slip right? So we all know that in order to be healthy, we need some form of regular exercise, we need a balanced diet, and we need adequate sleep. And really, they're non-negotiables. And so it may not mean for you that you're going to the gym every single day of the week, but it may mean that you do walk the dog every day and you get out in nature and do something like that, that you are exercising to keep your body healthy, uh, maybe doing yoga, for example, um, I do go to the gym two or three times a week, lunchtime, and I also do yoga practice, um, kundalini yoga, on a Friday morning. And then I'm pretty active with my girls at the weekend. We go out and about. We take Luna the Greyhound for a run on the beach. And so for me, that's my regular exercise. The next thing that I mentioned, of course, was a balanced diet. And here's the thing. Sometimes we can be so in flow in our work that we actually forget to eat, right? You can forget to eat or we reach for the nearest handiest thing. You know, if you've got children like I have and they maybe take some snacks to school, it's reaching in the snack box instead of maybe reaching for a piece of fruit or, you know, something else that's going to give us some energy, protein in a salad, etc. So the other thing is sleep. And, you know, again, this is something that do you have a routine around? What is your sleep hygiene like? 
you know, I know that I have had to really be rather, I guess you'd say strict with myself because I can tend to, you know, do the evening routine with my girls. So we have dinner, then we generally um, play a card game or a board game or something like that. And then we do reading and then it's bedtime. Um, And, you know, being able to have that routine where we are together and and relaxing, et cetera, is great for their sleep hygiene. So I get them off to bed nicely and fast asleep. But then what sometimes happens for me is that I think, oh, I'll just do that little bit of work or um, I'll go to bed and then I'll start scrolling through Facebook or I'll start looking at LinkedIn or Instagram um, or researching articles. And so for me, it's about making sure that I make the conscious decision that I don't have my devices when I go to bed, it's for sleeping because it can be really tempting. And then you look at the clock and it's midnight and you think, actually, I'm not going to get enough sleep to be well enough rested for the next day. So think about your sleep hygiene practices. Do they work well for you? Or are there areas that you can improve on so that you have that good night's sleep that you need? You know, sometimes a couple of nights a week, I do do work calls um, and I do do one early morning where I'm on the call at 5 a.m. And again, that fits into my timetable, into my weekly timetable of when I'm working. And then gradually, I'm also making sure I used to do more mornings, um, but I'm reducing that time because I've recognized that if I work, you know, into the evening, Um, And then if I work early in the morning as well, it's not me showing up as my best self the next day. So, and particularly, you know, as I'm getting older, um, I'm recognizing that I do need uh, a little more rest. And also I want to have that time, you know, to read a book, to relax, to do things for me rather than having that split day with long hours either end. So, The next thing is to think about when do you actually have that relaxation, that mindfulness time. Now, being relaxed and relaxing, depending on your behavioural preference, it could mean socialising, right? If you're high on the extroversion scale, this could mean going out and catching up with friends and having dinner or, you know, um, doing something in a group, going to club, listening to some live music. If you're on the more introverted side, it may be you know, having time alone and having that sacred space where it's just you with your thoughts doing what you want to do. And no matter where you are on the introversion, extroversion scale, we all need to carve out time to relax in whatever form relaxation is for us. Now, the thing is it could, you know, it could be meditation, it could be journaling, it could be going for a walk in nature or even enjoying a cup of coffee in peace One of the things I like to do a couple of times a week is when I've taken my girls to school is I just go to a local cafe and I have a coffee and I sit down and I do some journaling. And here's the other thing, you know, for your morning routine, your morning routine doesn't have to start at 5am or 4am with a cold shower and a water and lemon, you know, and punishing exercise regime. Your morning routine can start any time of the day that you like Um, And it's just having that space that you're committed to giving yourself to really have that time to relax, to be mindful. You know, the most incredible ideas come to me often when 
I am sitting there with that cup of coffee with no distractions and just focusing on letting those ideas come through, right? And I know a lot of you are like me or have a bath and you'll be like, oh my gosh, that idea is incredible. <laughs> um, and, you know, you want to be able to to get that and, and swing into action with it. And a lot of our brilliant moments happen, don't they, at like three in the morning or when we are relaxing, when we're doing something that is totally unrelated to work. Um, and so having these opportunities where we really lean into just chilling out um, and that can, as I said, be socialising as well. Um, that's when we can, when we lean into those opportunities, that's when those great ideas can come. And so I'm not sure what you do in terms of, you know, mindfulness, meditation, relaxation practices, but just make a note of that make a note of what you do currently and what else you, um, you know, what else you want to integrate into those practices. Um, you know, it could even be like combining physical exercise and relaxation, going for a swim. I don't know about you, but if I do laps in a pool, again, it's a space where it's mind and body are one. I'm doing something physical, but my mind just becomes this clear space where ideas and downloads come through during that time. The final thing that we want to start to think about as well, and we're going to talk about more is, you know, seek support for yourself. Do you have your own coach? Do you have your own network of people who get it, who understand? Um, we, for example, run the Coaches Success Accelerator, which is our membership for coaches where you come and you have coaching supervision, you have a community of coaches who understand what you're going through. You have coaching masterclasses and business building masterclasses and support for developing your offers and your, your programs, support when you're maybe stuck a little bit with a client, unsure of what to do next. You know, having that level of support and the ability to ask other coaches and experienced coach trainers what to do in certain situations is just so powerful for you because you've got people who understand, they get it right? So when you're out there, for example, and you're promoting an offer that you think is going to be amazing and sell like hotcakes and it doesn't, you've got that sounding board. You've got that group of peers who have maybe walked in your shoes. They've had that experience and, you know, we can help you together to kind of make any tweaks that you need to make um, to be able to get out and and change the trajectory of the results that you were going to get. Um, and so, you know, if you haven't got a coach or you aren't part of a coaching community, then I do highly recommend that you, uh, that you take a look at, at getting one and thinking about that. Um, so that's the Coaches Success Accelerator. You can get in touch about that, um, as well, our monthly coaching membership. Want to learn more about how you can become a certified mindset coach? Head on over to our website, www.mindsetcoachacademy.com forward slash coach certification and you'll find all the information that you need along with a button to book a call with me to talk about how you can become the best coach you can be. In terms of, you know, thinking about your own self-care, I want you to start to think about, and we'll go back to the start, which is really about your boundaries. Um, and a lot of a lot of coaches and we have, and I mean, us as human beings, we can have trouble setting boundaries in our own lives, right? Um, and I think one of the things that comes up for people is 
they feel guilty or they feel selfish if they're ring fencing their time or their energy. But actually setting boundaries is so vital for maintaining our mental, emotional and physical health. They really protect us from overextending ourselves. We know how tempting that is. And they ensure that we have the energy and focus that we need for the work that we're passionate about, right? And that's key. It is boundaries are designed to protect us, to protect our energy, to prevent us from, you know, exhausting ourselves, from getting unwell potentially, you know, so that we can show up in a way that we want to show up. So boundaries is an area that I have personally struggled with um, because, you know, you want to be or, you know, for a long time I felt that if I wasn't always available, that if I wasn't always responsive, then people wouldn't like me. People wouldn't want to work with me. And I think the inverse, well, what I've discovered is, I don't think that I know it, the inverse is actually true. If we don't teach people about our boundaries, if we're always available, then they don't actually tend to value us as much because we are always there and we are always available. And in fact, they expect a lot more for us from us as well. So setting boundaries is really important. So how do we go about doing it? I think the first thing is that you really want to, everyone has a different capacity, right? So you really want to identify where your limits are and start paying attention to what makes you feel uncomfortable or stressed or tired or overwhelmed. You know, if you're going into a coaching session at a certain time of day or night and you think, oh, I'm tired or I can't be bothered or I'm really going to have to, you know, pet myself up for this, then maybe that's an area or a time to think about that's where my boundary is, that's where my limit is. You can even just get your calendar out and have a look at where am I putting in time? You know, what's what does my calendar look like? Do I define when I'm available or is am I always available and then it just depends on when clients diarise sessions with me? So I think really understanding the relationship between those two things is the very first part of it. The second thing is that what we really want to do is be clear and communicate your boundaries. So boundaries can be around things like your time. They can be around expectations around responsiveness as well. So not only when you're available for coaching or for doing the work that you do, but also what is the turnaround time for you to respond to a client? So say, for example, if like me, you work globally, you have clients across the world, then, you know, it needs to be necessarily 24 hours or 12 hours because just with time zone differences, you won't necessarily have an opportunity to look at what someone's asking of you and then respond. So having that, having those response times as well and communicating them clearly is really important too. So the idea is that you can do it very clearly in your coaching contracts that you have with your clients in your coaching manifesto. So where you share with your client the expectation either side, so for them and for you, you can make it really clear on in your Facebook group if you've got one about what the turnaround times are, what the communication times are. You can also put it on your email signature as well. You know, I work from X time to Y time. Use your autoresponder on your email system to say, 
Thanks for being in touch. I'm doing this at the moment or I may be doing that at the moment. I'll respond to you in a certain amount of time. We have the technology available, of course, to be able to use those autoresponders and use that email signature to really define when it is we work and when it is that we are not available. And people do respect that. You can also, if you've got a large group, for example, to maintain or you're running a group program, then you can say office hours are between this time and this time on this date. Submit your questions in advance. You know, there's really great ways for you to train people what those boundaries are and how to be in touch with you. Okay. And remember as well that there may be people who will say, oh, I know that you're not working at the moment, or I know that Fridays um, are your CEO day, but I just have a quick question. And, you know, it's about going back. And believe me, (laughs) this is something that I am often, or sometimes, not often, but sometimes challenged with, but it's about going back and saying, yes, you're right. Fridays are my CEO day. Um, I'm happy to respond to you first thing on Monday. Um, So, you know, unless it's an emergency, but let's face it, not often are there a lot of emergencies in coaching. Uh, Sometimes we'll have someone who potentially uh, has something with a client that they're seeing, you know, very, very soon, um, you know, that same day or whatever. And then that's where I might make an exception and go back and say, look, here's, here's a quick Uh, summary of what I might do or here's my advice on this specific area but typically we don't have emergencies in coaching and you know it's about really being able to set up those boundaries so that you know um, uh, you know that you've got them in place and your clients know it too because setting and respecting our own boundaries actually helps our clients to do the same and it sets a really healthy example for them. Now, the other thing is that this is not static, it's dynamic, so your boundaries may change over time. The important thing is is that you want to have that balance in your life, you want to respect your needs. Your needs may may change, right? For time, you may take up another hobby, you may decide that you're going to go and um, you know, work part-time or do work for a charity, whatever it might be, you want to make sure that you're reviewing those boundaries on an ongoing basis so they are really aligned with you and what you want in your life and also maintaining balance. So here are some other areas that I think we want to focus on in terms of your self-care. And one of the things I think that can be overlooked or underlooked um, is your environment. Now, your environment is really conducive to your well-being. Now, this could mean having a really tidy workspace or having plants around for a touch of nature or having a dedicated quiet space for meditation and relaxation. I want you to think about what's going on in your environment at the moment. Maybe you have a home office. Does it need decluttering? Does it, how does it, how do you feel when you walk through that door of your office to start coaching your clients? Do you have a dedicated space to be able to carry out your self-care practices and routines? The other thing, of course, that we want to cultivate is our belief about the importance of self-care. 
Now, beliefs, of course, are really important as precursors to action. And if we think that our self-care can be put off, if we believe that it's unimportant, then of course our behavior is going to show that and we're not going to adhere to our self-care routine. So what we want to do is to really embed the belief that self-care is not an indulgence, but it is necessary for us to function optimally, okay? We want to be able to even establish small beliefs like I take regular breaks and that means I'm going to avoid burnout. I'm going to take regular breaks. That means I'm able to show up wholly and fully for my client. And again, in your environment, you can set an alarm to have a break every hour for five or 10 minutes, get up and walk around. You know, there are different ways that you can do that to really cultivate those self-care practices in a consistent way. The other thing that often people find themselves not able to do when it comes to self-care is to know what to do. And so it can actually be about your skills in being able to uh, do things like, you know, manage your stress, do deep breathing, do relaxation. Um, You may not know how to prepare healthy meals for yourself. And so learning the skill of self-care, depending on what you decide that you're going to do, is something that's really going to enhance your practice. And when we're good at something, we want to do more of it, right? The way that we get good at it is by taking the action, is by doing the thing. And so developing those skills, really important, set aside time to, to create that practice. Now, you may be able to do, for example, some breathing work or some meditation. You may start at a minute or two minutes, and then you can expand that time out. It's all about building those muscles, learning, training your brain to engage in those self-care practices. Now, the next thing is that we want to make sure that we have those habits installed that mean that we are practicing something daily for our self-care. Now, habits are, of course, a shortcut to that regular repetition, to that ongoing loop that we just know that we are going to engage in that habit at the same time or after something else happens in our day so that we know that we are um, going to do it automatically. It's out of conscious awareness, right? We just do it unconsciously. So if you develop a habit, for example, of if after a coaching session, you get up and after you've completed your notes, of course, you get up and you say, after each coaching session, I'm going to go for a 15 minute walk, or I'm going to practice some meditation, or I'm going to do some energy clearing, whatever it is, right? Or I'm going to sit and have a cup of tea or a cup of coffee in silence, or maybe I'm going to read a book for 15 minutes. Just establishing that habit so that you becomes embedded, that you know that when you finished a coaching session, the next thing you're going to do is this, whatever this is, okay? And so we really want to be able to develop those habits. And it could be things like having a bedtime routine that we talked about earlier, where you actually have specific steps that you take before bed every night um, that you know that you're going to get into good sleep hygiene and, you know, even things like winding down with a book instead of a screen and setting your alarm for a regular wake-up time. The next thing that we want to do is to align our self-care practices with our values because if we value 
for example, connection with other people, if that's a high value, we want to schedule regular social activities. If you value personal growth, you can incorporate learning or creative pursuits into your self-care routine as well. So think about your values. How are they fulfilled through your self-care practices? And if you haven't already established your values, your personal values, then doing something like the Mindset Dimensions Report is really, really powerful for that. We measure our values across eight different areas of your life so that we can then align all of those habits and behaviours uh, with those values so that you are, that they're fulfilled, right? And so that you're in alignment. Now, the other thing I think that we need to, the other area that you can work on in terms of that self-care and and having those boundaries and doing it on a consistent basis is to remember that in addition to being a coach, you're a human being. And as a human being, you need care and attention too. Often we are so busy focused outwardly on other people, whether that's our coaching clients, whether that's our families or our friends, we need to recognize that we as human beings need to be tended to as well. We need care and attention. And so It's about embodying the identity of someone who does care for themselves and who prioritizes and values self-care. So they're the areas that I want you to really start to think about uh, when it comes to self-care and including uh, self-care in your life, in your daily practice. And all of the tips that I've shared with you today are things that you can actually share with your clients as well. Okay, you can share them with your clients so that they understand the importance of, you know, setting boundaries, making sure their environment's conducive, eating healthily, having physical exercise, learning to say no, all of those things. So I hope you found this useful. I will share with you below a worksheet that you can just do a quick um, analysis of where you're at in terms of your self-care. And I look forward to seeing you in next week's episode. And of course, if you have enjoyed this episode, please do share it. Please do subscribe to the Mindset Coach podcast. And also, please do follow me on Instagram at Mindset Coach Academy. We have the Mindset Coach Academy Facebook page. We also have the Mindset Coach Collective Facebook group. You can join that as well. Uh, I'm also over on LinkedIn at Lara Young. And please do get in touch. Let me know what you thought of the episode. I'd love to hear your feedback. Until next week, bye for now. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of the Mindset Coach Podcast. Remember to join us next week for another episode and subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a review if you've loved it. Share it with your friends. And I really look forward to learning how you're implementing the tools and techniques that you're learning here. Mindset is everything.